Hello, final girls, final boys, and final non-binaries. Due to unforeseen technical difficulties and an intense horrible 2020 hangover, our regularly scheduled letter episode will not air today. Instead, we bring you a origin story from TJ Denton. And while I've got you here, I'm pleased to report that our very own Laura Bierman has been nominated for a Rondo Hatton Award for her interview of Pamela Pierce Barslow, the daughter of the director of Boggy Creek. That interview appears on JoeBobBriggs.com. Please send in your vote for Laura and all your favorite Mutant Fam nominees by visiting RondoAwards.com. That's R-O-N-D-O Awards.com. Thank you again for joining us. Here's today's origin story from T.J. Denton. Welcome to WDFG, broadcasting Dear Final Girl, the advice and horror podcast where we dish on life and other scary movies. Every final girl has a story. So does her Jason, her Freddy, her Michael. So do we horror fans. This episode is part of our adjunct series, Origin Stories, where horror fans recount the horror movie memories that made them who they are today. This origin story is from T.J. Denton, a great friend and the official artist of the Joe Bob Riggs website. Find him on Etsy and his amazing work at Dork Fair Productions. So growing up, I had a love of monsters and horror movies um, as far back as I can remember. I think it all started with the Universal Monsters and comic books and old TV shows like Star Trek and the Munsters and the Addams Family, um, old 50s sci-fi movies. Um, and in those early years in the world before Freddy and 1984 Ghostbusters and Gremlins uh, that year there was a world before that and that was when I was very younger before I started going to movies a lot um, there was HBO and HBO would show movies like Creep Show and Swamp Thing and The Shining and The Children of the Corn movies I would see over and over again because HBO would play them to death and these were movies you were older than you, you older than you should be watching. Um, but and those those films had a giant influence on me. And but if I go back and I think of this early this scary experience and where I really got scared, uh, I I went back and I really thought about it and there was two films and I think they still I can think of, they left that impression and really made me scared as a kid um one was halloween um this was long before it was slasher michael myers this was the boogeyman michael myers um halloween wasn't shown all the time and you didn't see it that much um and it was a world of it was on tv you caught it and you had to watch it on tv so there was not very you didn't you knew of the film but you never saw it and I was very young um so one year they were going to play it on TV and my aunt who was a couple years older than I was was really excited about it and really wanted to watch it so we went out and we did trick or treat and we were going to come back and we were going to watch the movie so we went out we did our thing we came back and we were 
she put it on and and we were going through our candy and it was on in the background <clears throat> now what happened was kind of surprised me and it took me off guard because it wasn't what i expected at first i was expecting this scary i i didn't really know i just knew it was going to get scared but what happened was it was the opposite it was it wasn't the dark stuff it wasn't the evil stuff it was the beginning parts it was the michael myers out in the daytime that was different that was the killer was right outside your school the killer was driving down your street this was in a neighborhood in middle midwest america that could have been the neighborhood i just trick-or-treated it that got to me that left an impression he could be right out my school on monday he could be driving down the street tomorrow in a halloween mat he and i think to have that horror set up was brilliant and i carpenter did it so well and it, it affected me at a very young age and today i those are still the iconic scenes that i think of just him behind a tree just looking around and behind the hedge he points um, that all sets up the masterpiece of what it all becomes and we all love to death but that was the first main one and i always think of that the other one was the other film that i had experience with it it really scared me that I was legitimately scared was um, Psycho 2. <laughs> um, my little brain should not have been watching this bizarre little film. I was I was young. Um, I think I got up in the night out of bed and my mom was watching the film and there's something like that. I don't remember the details of being young, but I just remember it was on and I caught parts of it or I was coming in and out. And um, there's a scene towards the end. I was fine until the scene towards the end um, where there's a kill where a knife goes through a, a lady's mouth and it comes out the back of her head. It's a special effects. It's really good. Um, Little did I know that that was going to get to me. Uh, I finished watching the film through vacant eyes or I was hiding. I don't know. Anyway, that night I went to bed and this was the only time I woke up with a nightmare with that visual in my head and I ran and slept with my mom. The only time I ever did. And that moment was... It, I can just remember being that young and being frightened in the night. Um, and to this day I still... I, I just think of that I, that visual just stays with me and it was just that's the power of cinema and movies can get you in just one shot um, but I re actually just rewatched it not too long ago and I, I see why like yeah my, my little head should not have been watching this film um, so those are the two I, I think of when I was younger and um my first two big experiences is, uh, um, scared me, and it was Michael in the daytime, and Psycho 2's the, the knife through the mouth shot. Um, but it all stirred, and it made me fascinated with special effects, and scary, and what was, what was scary wasn't exactly, wasn't the monster coming to get you, it was other this thing, it was the unknown, and I think those were parts of things that really started to change, and like I said, once movies like 
Ghostbusters and Gremlins and Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 84, I started going to the movies regularly and started getting VHS tapes and you fall down that hole that we all do and picking up Fangoria's and <laughs> but yeah, that 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 that's my story. All right, that that was awesome. Yeah, thank you, TJ, for that amazing um, story. I, I feel like we were having a conversation with him during that. Absolutely. That, uh, you know, I feel like he did really well, like, um, how you're supposed to do public speaking, where you maybe have just a few points that you're going to talk about, but then you're just really, like, riffing off of it so yeah it did have that feel i could i had and thank you for calling that out because i had a mental picture of him you know in a in a room maybe maybe the room where he creates his art or something uh-huh. maybe it's late at night i mean this i'm making right, all this right, up right. maybe it's late at night and he's, he's actually got of, his Jason mask on. He's got the Jason mask on and jammies, you know, right. some comfy sleep <laughs> clothes. Pajamas. And just talking into that phone with these memories so real mm-hmm. and so present, it mm-hmm. definitely had that feel. Right. And that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of our others were... Uh, like stories and actual they felt like personal essays yes this feels like a personal essay that we that was being sort of talked through so yeah um, created in the moment all of these like i'm just every time we do this i'm so uh impressed by the storytelling ability and the writing ability that we're seeing from um, this horror fam, so it's really exciting. I agree. So, I lo- I love that we do this adjunct series. Yeah. Um. I, TJ, I am right there with you. Like the introduction to horror being those like horror light TV shows, the Munsters, the Adams Family. I think I've talked about this before, but I loved the Munsters. Me I both too. loved Lily Munster. The mother and God, I can't remember her name. Marilyn. Yes, Marilyn. Because like, she was supposed to be like Marilyn Monroe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I that think, makes sense. You know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. the running gag about how hideous she was. Right. You know. Right. Oh my right. goodness. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, but yeah, the um, the idea that like uh, horror light and bringing in introducing children to monsters and i think that our like saturday morning cartoons at least they used to be saturday morning now it's all the time right i think that cartoons do that uh you know superheroes do that with their villains that really are monsters right i mean i think of the smurfs um <laughs> and gargamel and Azrael. It always upset me about Ezreal because even back then I was a cat lover and I'm like, this cat has been co-opted into evil uh-huh, uh-huh. and, you know, he didn't choose that life and, oh, you know. Oh my God, what a great Ezreal. name. <laughs> 
And I remember, um, I think I've plugged this before, but I'll say it again. Gus Wood wrote a great piece on the 25 Years Later site about Scooby-Doo being a, a gateway oh, yeah. uh-huh. for a young, a, you uh-huh. know, basically a budding horror fan. That that was, for many of us, that was an early scary thing. Uh-huh. So cartoons also ties to, like, another gateway drug, comic books. <laughs> so can I... Can I... Yeah. <laughs> Can I have a quick aside? Yes. On, uh, so I just saw a tweet sometime, I think it was last night or early this morning, where uh, somebody had a picture of like Texas man, uh, of, a, of a mugshot, Texas man charged with drugging and drugging 39 people so that he could a- anally probe them dressed as an alien. And the tweet that went along with it was and he would have gotten away with it and it hadn't been for those darn kids. Oh my god. Oh goodness. That is like one of the best lines of all time. Yeah, and I would have gotten away with it. If it weren't for those darn kids. Okay. Sorry. So yeah, so and part of this, this whole gateway drug, there's yeah. so many gateway drugs. One of the phrases that TJ uses is, this was the world before. Uh-huh. So this is the world before you discover things on cable TV. This uh-huh. is the world before you discover HBO, if you were lucky enough to have HBO. This is the world before you even um, made it to the video rental store to make your own choices. Mm -hmm. And when you started going to movies with your friends or on your own and seeing these things on the big screen for the first time. I love that, kind of like that line of demarcation, if you will. Yeah, and there's there's something about, like, stumbling upon these things. Yes. You know, he talks about uh, not really remembering how he got into the situation of watching Psycho 2, but, you know, if you sort of stumble upon a, like, hardcore horror movie like that, uh, then, you know, it can have a profound effect on you, for better or worse. And just the whole magic of... Seeing things on television, like there were far fewer channels. Oh my gosh, Halloween is going to be on TV. Uh We'll get a chance to see it. I thought it was cool as hell that uh, his aunt, you know, was like, hey, we're going to watch this. This is exciting. And also that I they clearly it was played on Halloween night. Uh I'm like, I want to go back in time. I want to be a little kid. I want to go out trick or treating, and I want to come back home knowing that while I'm sorting my candy, I get to freaking watch Halloween. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, I used to. I, I can remember watching like, and I was a full blown teenager watching Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, but yeah. I don't think I ever really like as a teen. Definitely not if I were by myself manning the candy station. Um, I would not have watched a horror movie by myself, at, you know, on TV. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made it. My imagination is way too overactive. I have tried to think through these origin story submissions. You know, I naturally start thinking of my own stuff. Right. The first thing I remember seeing was something I actually overheard. 
My sister was watching on the small TV in the kitchen, which was next to my bedroom. Didn't know it at the time. She was watching when a stranger calls. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm like six years old, laying in my bed, and I hear the line, the calls are coming from inside the house. Uh-huh. I know I've talked about this before, because that is how it was. It scared the hell out yeah. of me. Yeah. And I just heard it. I didn't even see it. <laughs> um, so, you know, horror is a sensory experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. Well, and I think that, you know, TJ... Uh, touches upon this a little bit that the scary part about Halloween for him was not that there was a monster because monsters especially when you're a little kid monsters exist right you know and they're very visceral right but that the monster was not contained to a closet or under your bed the monster could show up outside of your school outside of your school that's scary well Especially for us who grew up before the, like, school shooting thing. Like, I, Columbine happened when I was in high school, when I was senior in high school. And so that became a reality really in the 2000s, this, like, mass school shooting thing. But school was supposed to be a place where you were safe. You didn't even think about it not being safe. Right. I think the scariest thing you might have had in your mind was, you know, your parents telling you not to talk to strangers. And, you know, occasionally there might be somebody creepy around the school right, yeah. or, you know, in like a weird van. Yeah, and... exactly. <laughs> you know, trying to sell you ice cream that was drugged or, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, but yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <you> know. <laughs> with, you know, with a gumball in the bottom. Roofied, you know. <laughs> Gross. Um, but yeah, the, the boogeyman, Michael Myers in the daytime. Michael Myers as boogeyman. Yep. Who can show up outside your school, on your street. Right. Yeah. And I think... For me, that that was some of those similar points that really got me uh, when I first started reading horror and watching horror movies. Like the the idea that you know, th- scary things are in seemingly innocuous places. Right. Um, the the point where I stopped reading it. And I was very young. I was I was no more than twelve, probably eleven. The point that I stopped reading it was when the blood started coming out of the faucets, and I was like, I closed the book, ran inside. I was like on a hammock in our backyard, which had a storm drain. Like there was a storm drain in our backyard, and so like the idea of there being a sewer that like the whole thing, yeah. yeah. So I closed the book and I was like well that's it I've not watched I've not watched either of the it's and I have not finished reading that book because I I can't do it you should see my face right now like my jaw is on the floor are (laughs) you going to I don't know that I can it like just I mean TJ talked about that too that's that point in Psycho 2 that it was it's still scary yeah he said what he said. It was the first time I let. There were just some standout phrases. Yeah. The first time I remember being frightened in the night. Uh huh. That speaks to it too, where there's you go th- through as a child, 
not every child. Let's right. say this: people can grow up in some really horrific environments, right. and you don't just go to bed every night and never think about whether you're going to be safe or not. So I right. do want to say that. But you know, the feeling of being frightened in the night—that uh-huh. I can just imagine him in his little bed. <laughs> You know, just yeah. like, oh my gosh. This is little Jason mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even back then. Yeah. Even back then. Well, and I think it's interesting that he references two hardcore horror movies, Halloween and Psycho 2, and then kind of um, at the very end of the story, he talks about how they... Like, when he watched Ghostbusters and Gremlins mm-hmm. later on in life, that those, that he was all about. Those were, those were great. And I think that, well, yeah, of course, because Ghostbusters, it has some scary moments in it, but it's a lighthearted movie. It is. Gremlins, like, in my mind... And I just watched it recently. I don't know that I would let my child watch it at six, but <laughs> right. at eight, yeah, like that's a, it's it's mostly a a fun movie. Am I wrong? I don't know. No, I think I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Um, I mean, I liked it okay. It wasn't one of those movies I've pulled forward into my adulthood as like it right. wouldn't be in my origin story. But right. you know, just so I, it was tied to his cinema like you know the point where you start going to the movies oh yeah and maybe that's part of it too because before if you're watching stuff at home even if you're not watching a movie where things are taking place in your everyday environment Uh you're watching something scary in your home environment it puts danger around the corner in the closet under the bed it's Mm -hmm. all of a sudden those can become spaces where things could be you know and when he talks about horror you know michael myers could be outside your school on your street there is a book that actually we we both read i think part of it as we were preparing to launch our podcast your Uh final girl it was the the um uh, Good plug, the, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> the teen horror cycle. Mm-hmm. And it was about the films of the 90s. Right. And one of the commentaries was that what marked the film, the horror films of the 90s, is that they were generally taking place where you lived. And, like, horror had moved to, suburb, to suburbia. Right. Now, Halloween, it, it was already there. But when you think, but a lot of times, like, Friday the Thirteenth. You're 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 in the woods. Right. You're in the country. You're somewhere the shining, else. You're the shining. way up in the mountains. Exactly. Yeah. So that was I wanted to definitely make that tie. Um, yeah, That's suburban really horror. Point. And I mean, especially for a little kid, the uh, separation of fantasy and reality mm. is not so sturdy. Heck, it's not so sturdy for me, even. But um, the introduction of the monster—it's one thing to see the Adams family and the Munsters in their strange house. Like you wouldn't just walk up and enter their house without having a little bit of trepidation beforehand. But like having a monster inside just a normal suburban house—that's that's real scary. That is scary. That is scary. Um, 
something else that I think is often a common theme of the origin stories this I should not have been watching this. Uh-huh. It ties back to how old you were when you were reading Stephen King, uh, which yeah. I think is about how old a lot of us were when we started reading Stephen King. Uh-huh. I should not have been watching this. I have, should not have been reading this. Yep. My little head, I was too young. Uh-huh. But it's also a part of, it links to another thing he said where he talks about, you know, we falling down that hole that we all do as uh-huh. horror fans. Uh-huh. They're just these experience. These they're linked. Right. There are these linkages, and then you one carries you to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and inevitably, those of us who are really hardcore horror fans, it all started way too early. Yeah. And that's really <laughs> part of I think the joy and the specialness of it. It's like thank God. I know I shouldn't have been watching that stuff or reading it, but I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I did. So I have a question for you, and TJ yeah. kind of touched on it a little because I was thinking you know on rewatch was it still scary and I think that under the because he said I should not have been watching this yeah it's still scary there's still something in it but I have a question for you Mm -hmm. do you find that the more of these movies that you watch the do they have the same effect or do they have a lesser effect they definitely had a, have a lesser effect. I remember I've written about this, and then um, a person who submitted another origin story talked about like you know the last time I was really scared, and yeah. it's inevitably quite some time ago. Right. And I remember talking about in a piece that I wrote, just like the the power of the good old fashioned scream. Uh-huh. For horror fans, maybe only as a kid, and if you went to the movies and everybody had that collective kind of jump scare, we're just all way too jaded now. We don't even make a noise when we jump scare at all. It's all internalized, you know. Because I do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I am a squealer. Like, I am a screamer in the... Yeah. In the dot, dot, dot. Uh, um, yeah. The theater. I mean, the movie theater. So... yeah, just the the today today I think the only thing that would do that for me would be going to a haunted house, which oh. I know they're cheesy and I it would scare me to death and I would scream and it'd be awesome. Right. Yeah. But I it mean, does lose. Yeah, it, it does. It, it it's definitely different, but it's still special. Um. I think it's just a matter of being determined to keep it that way. Yeah, I mean, there's parts of there's parts of that fear that I'm okay with letting go of. Mm-hmm. Like the God, I watched the Babadook just a few years ago, and I think I've talked about this many times. But the Babadook is one where, like, I we actually have a coat rack that has hats on it, and so and it's like. You, in order to get to the bathroom at night, I pretty much have to look at that thing. So, like, now it's like, oh, hey there, Baba Duke. But the first time that I went to the bathroom after watching it, it was like, <laughs> oh no, the Baba Duke is in the house. Uh, so, you know, there's still one or two that really scare me, but um, 
for the most part, like, it's not haunting me in the middle of the night like it used to. Right. And it might be, you know, there's different words. It's like, you know, horror, terror, fear, sense of dread. I yeah. think now, and like, the big thing is sense of dread, the tension. The, uh-huh. unru- the movies that are really good now and successful have that unrelenting tension. Uh-huh. I felt that way about A Quiet Place. Really? Okay. Because I literally, I was watching it, and whenever I would, you know, I was grabbing for my water or some paper and I made a noise, many times, I, I mean, de- several times during watching that movie, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I made, oh, sh- I made a noise. I can't, I can't, I have to be quiet. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's still, so see, right. I mean, I'm so 47 years immersed. old. I was yeah. fully immersed in that, yeah. See, that, but that's the fun, I think. But did, did it sort of haunt you afterwards? It didn't haunt me, no. I, I thought about it, and I thought about what a powerful film that it was. Right. And how surprised I was by how, how good it was and how much I liked it. Right. Um, but that's more, that more ties into I, one, of the, one of the other things TJ said, is the power of cinema. Right. Um, the power of cinema. So it's more, I think it's more that these days. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else? Nope. Movies can get you in just one shot. Yeah. Yeah, they can. So. Um, and I think that that's a successful movie if mm-hmm. you have something that's sort of, and I've been saying haunt, but the, something that you think about over and over and over again afterwards. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of, in a lot of ways, that's my measure of a good book. Is yes. that if I think about the characters like, oh, I should call up that character from the book that isn't a real person (laughs) (laughs) and talk to them yeah Um, yeah cool well thank you again tj for your origin story uh if you have your own origin story you can email it to us at dearfinalgirl at gmail.com or dm us to talk about how all that goes at final dear on twitter right um and, and we've got several. Like we have, we've we generally do these once. We air these once a month. Yep. Um, it's in the Dear Final Girl rotation. Yep. And we've got store origin stories through September. I think we yeah. decided. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so but 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 submit. We we would love to hear yours. Right. Um, and submit your letters. Uh, for advice at dearfinalgirl.com. Same place. Um, or your final girl at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're working on a website. Coming soon. (laughs) Coming, no, I'm not going to say soon. No, no. (laughs) Um, yeah, Yeah, so thanks. thanks. Yeah, thanks, final girl, and thanks, TJ. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Tune in next time for another origin story from your horror community. Till next time, this is Dear Final Girl. Remember, stay alive out there.